Good morning, folks. Today is Friday, November 18th, 2022. Welcome to episode number 244 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize this today at work? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, we've got you covered. You will be asked in an interview, how do you stay current? This is a dynamite answer. Sit back and relax. But before we get into it, I want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. First off, my good friend Eric Taylor over at Barricade Cyber Solutions, CEO. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate damage done by cyber incidents. It's simple and easy to get connected with Eric and the uh, Barricade Cyber team. Go to barricadecyber.com. There are links in the description below, but barricadecyber.com, the site's going to look just like this. You scroll down a little bit, Eric's calendar's right there. You can hop right on his calendar instantly. Boom. You can have a meeting with him in like right after this stream if you really wanted to. And, uh, you know, you basically say, hey, here's our situation. We got nothing. If we got popped today, we'd probably go under. What do you, what do you think? Like, could we, could we have you on speed dial, Eric, in case something awful happens? Would that be okay? It's good to have a plan, guys. You know, you pivot, but it's good to have a plan. Also want to say love, 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 love to Recon InfoSec. Listen, guys. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged SecOps capability from the ground up, check out the Managed Detection and Response MDR offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. Y'all, MDR is here to stay. I've... I've evaluated MDRs for my own business. I've hired MDRs. It is an awesome option when you are trying to make ends meet with the budget, whatever the CFO gives you. And you could hire like one FTE or for the same amount of money, literally, you could hire a team of SecOps people who are seasoned, you know, senior practitioners. Like it's it's, it's a great, great option. Consider MDR. Look into it, at least at a minimum. 
connect with uh, Eric Capuano and the whole Recon InfoSec team. Links in the description below. If you need help with your security operations, so your day-to-day -day stuff, okay? Definitely appreciate that. Now, listen to me. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications like CISP, CISM, CISA, these, these ones, maybe even PNPT, I'd have to check on this. Every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. So two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat and document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. Guys, earning CPEs doesn't have to be boring. You don't have to sit through some like Ferris Bueller, Ben Stein classroom webinar and just like drooling on yourself from 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 like the content you're hearing that you're, you're not engaged with, right? CPEs can be earned in fun, enjoyable ways. This is one of them. So get on it. If you're live, hell yeah, love it. See you in chat. Thanks for being here. I'll talk to you in just a second. If you're on replay, got some team replay love here, people. Drop a hashtag team replay in the comments. I appreciate you catching the stream. Don't forget the daily cyber threat briefing is available on your podcast app of choice. As soon as the stream ends, we upload it over there. Also, our Thursday live streams are uploaded um, our long format live streams are uploaded to the audio podcast. Also, those are the two shows that go on the podcast. Last night's conversation with Zach Hill from TCM security. If you weren't there, I'm telling you, you want to, you want to talk about, this is literally why I wore team replay today. This talk was phenomenal and I really, uh, wanted to highlight it. So either listen to it on the podcast or, or catch it on the streams, but not right now. Cause right now we're talking infosec. So if you're here just for the news, uh, give us a minute because I love welcoming everybody to chat. If you're on Team Replay and you're not into the jaw jacking, well, then skip ahead. You have that power. But for the next, I don't know, say two minutes, I'm going to be welcoming my friends into chat before we get into it. Hey, Lacey Cochran. Thanks for the squad support. Char Charlie McCullough. What's up, UGA? Appreciate the UGA coming out strong. I spoke to those, uh, to that community uh, at University of Georgia on Wednesday night, a great group of people, very engaging. I was very, very honored for the opportunity to come speak to y'all. Justin Loken, my man, good to see you. Duke Norris, we're seeing Teresa coming in from on the LinkedIn. Where's my audios here? All right, let's do this. Let's do this, hold on. All right, yeah, Dan Reardon, hashtag haircut fish, my man. Brent Garee's in the house. Hello to Brent, I'm sure Emerson's there. She just can't reach the keyboard, but I'll say hi to Brent and hi, to Emerson, Joel Belt, my man, love it. Thanks, Joel, for the mod support. Appreciate it. Haircut fish, loving it, guys. If you didn't catch the meme of the week yesterday, it was hilarious. Um, no show next Thursday, guys. So, haircut fish, you get the day off. Uh, <laughs> Duncan Doer, good to see you. Hey, Tony Roy, guys, get that coffee. Get that coffee. Uh, hopefully, you're enjoying the new uh, look and feel of the stream. I, I classed it up a little bit. I've also added some um, some silly. Um, some silly uh, eyes here in case I start freaking out. If I really freak out, we just, ah, we, <laughs> we can do, we can go bananas, y'all. So we're having fun with it. Elon's in the stories. I saw a Twitter story coming up, so we're going to get into that. Hey, Terrace Billingsley. Hey, Alana. Good morning to you, too. Guys, remember, it's Friday, which means it's Grayson's Joke of the Week day. Grayson dropped a good one on us. It's very topical, very on brand. So uh, look forward to that at the mid-roll. Guys, I think that that's a pretty good uh, start to the day, so I'll catch you guys on the back end. But for now, sit back, relax, and let's get into the news. Hey, hey, Tom Bishop. Hey, Jim Lund.
Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Firing my lasers. Can we get some sharks with lasers? All right, let's go. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, November 18th. Get your Elon emotes. Musk's ultimatum leaves Twitter at risk. In an email to staff entitled A Fork in the Road, Musk said employees had until end of day Thursday to decide whether to be part of Twitter 2.0. Musk said those who stay should expect to work long, intense hours while offering three months severance pay to those who leave. However, many more workers declined to stay than expected, potentially putting Twitter's operations at risk. Just hours before the deadline, Musk tried to retain key personnel by pitching his plans for the company and softening his tone on his remote work policy. The mass exodus has created a cloud of confusion over which people should still have access to company facilities, prompting Twitter to close its offices until Monday. This is ironic Jesus. given Musk's recent mandate for Twitter staff to return to the office. Uh, Iranian AP... Guys, like... <laughs> you know, say what you want. So, like, I know Elon, or at least, uh, okay, like, so I might get some of this wrong, but my understanding is, yes, he's he is um, smart, and he's done, like, um, the, the rockets and the core drilling under the ground. Now, granted, he's not, like, in the back room with, like, the pencil in his ear working on the diagrams and stuff. He's very good at hiring very smart people and then driving them. Uh, in a very deliberate, uh, no-nonsense fashion, okay? And I, I'm pretty sure he's been funded by Diamond. Like, his family had money from Diamond, so he's not, like, this bootstrap, self-made, um, wealthy person. But, you know, we'll see if he can pull up. I feel like Twitter is a plane, and you can, like, hear it, like, like, it's picking up at, because it's, like, in a nosedive. And we'll see if he can if he can pull back on the, uh, the yoke, strong enough to, to pull it up but guys twitter he bought it for 44 billion dollars right and he's he, like immediately fired the executives then laid off half the workforce then realized that his company didn't work with with a bunch of people fired so he tried to bring them back which is a hot mess on fire lots of fires lots of fires and then he sends he sends this email where he basically said I I read more about the email but the email basically goes on to say you know here's your choice you can either quit and get 3 months severance package you know see you later or you can Twitter 2.0 you can expect to work your butt off work late work hard because of the mission now I don't know if Elon's tone deaf but right now in our society people are very much like not into the mission like you can be excited about the mission but that is on Maslow's pyramid of needs right below caring about, you know, the CEO of the business of me, right? Or, you know, the business of you. So people are looking out for themselves. Another really interesting thing is um, we're going into the holidays. Lots of people are getting laid off. We're seeing like this is 90 day severance package, right? So this would take you to like the end of February, right through the holidays. And then right when people start hiring <laughs> again. So the argument is that a lot of talent, a lot of talent, a lot of good talent will be taking the severance package because they don't want to deal with this hot mess Twitter situation and they'll be able to go find a new job. The people who are not great talent who would be unable to go get a new job very easily will stay right so that's the argument obviously there's there's um that's only 80 you know use the 80 20 rule not everybody that's wicked talented is gonna leave 
But the argument is that the staff that retains isn't going to be that great. So they're not going to be able to do as much with Twitter. Um, so we'll see how this plays out. But guys, lots of people in the information security community are f fleeing, flocking, driving to Mastodon. Mastodon, the infosec.exchange server on Mastodon. So if you're over there uh, or if you're not over there, if someone could drop a link in chat, please. Um, go check out Mastodon. The UI is terrible. It's kind of awkward to navigate. Uh, but with so many people getting on board, I assume that they're going to uh, be addressing that. The just the way that like when the pandemic started, people started using Zoom and they're like, oh, this is like, okay, but there's some problems. And then Zoom was like, oh my God, we're like in basically infused with users. We can get capital. Let's, let's build this sucker up. And now Zoom is like less of a hot mess, right? I prefer Zoom over Microsoft Teams. You know, I don't know about you guys, but so anyways, Elon's a fork in the road. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, he's his blue check mark thing is blown up in his face. Um, also, you know, I, one final thing on this. I appreciate, I, I do appreciate his transparency. In his email, he said, I value engineers over designers, project managers, and other staff. So like if you're a designer, PM, or other staff, you're like, oh, Okay, well, at least I know where I stand. You know, I, I feel like a lot of executives would be like, we value everybody here at the firm. We want everybody, like, you know, to feel good. And Elon's like, nope, engineers. Engineers are uh, first class citizens. Designers, PMs, and other staff, you know, back back of the line. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. But the, the Twitter thing is a dumpster fire and, and kind of a case study on... Uh, what not to do, especially if this thing turns uh, turns sideways and, and goes under. Uh, definitely not what to do. ET breaches government agency using log for shell. Iranian government-sponsored threat actors breached the federal civilian executive branch's network by exploiting the log for shell vulnerability in an unpatched VMware Horizon server. The Iranian APT group then installed XM rig crypto mining software, moved laterally to the domain controller, compromised creds, and then implanted reverse proxies on several hosts to maintain persistence. CISA determined that the agency was compromised as early as February 2022. CISA warned companies who detect the APT group's indicators of compromise to investigate connected systems and privileged account logs. Dude. Okay, couple things here. Couple things here. Um, one, one, you know, and and please chime in if you if you have thoughts on this. I wonder, I wonder if these Iranian APT, right? Like, first of all, okay. Here are my thoughts initially. One, log four shell. I mean, come on, guys. Like, it's been a year. It's literally. Well, it's been 11 months, right? December 17th, I believe, is when Log4Shell dropped and everybody lost their minds. But it's been a year. Like, they didn't catch this? Like, everybody and their cousin was testing for Log4Shell, like, immediately. It was like, oh, oh like, we got to check for Log4Shell. And, like, there was tons of tools. Like, Huntress had a tool that you could easily check. So the fact that they didn't find this is kind of gross, right? Or maybe they, they unlock something. But dude, if in, if they're able to pop this remotely, a I can't believe it wasn't found until now. B, um, come on, guys, what are we doing here? Like, like you are so dumb. You are really dumb for real. Okay, so the second thing they say is it's an Iranian APT. I wonder about that because guys. 
the first thing they did was install XM Rig, was it, which is crypto mining software, right? So I kind of, I kind of wonder if it this is spin, right? Like again, pure speculation, but just hear me out. I wonder if this is spin. APTs typically, like, what are they like? What are you doing if you're in, like, if you're an APT? Like, what's your objective? Espionage, right? Listening in on comms, being in, being inside the the adversarial's network, installing an XM rig crypto miner, bro. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's not an APT move, right? So I wonder if it's an Iranian threat actor, maybe not an APT, um, or maybe it's being misattributed. I don't know. I, I doubt it, though. Like, if CIS and the FBI are involved, I can't imagine that they would misattribute it. But they pop it, maybe not realizing what it was, and then once they figured out what it was, they moved to the domain controller and uh, dumped credentials, which is a pretty common uh, move, I would argue. Uh, and then installing NGROC reverse proxies. Again, not an uncommon move. Again, I'm not a pen tester. I just play one on TV. But this seems more like an APT move, right? Get in there, get creds, set up persistence, low and slow, be quiet and, until you need to do something. Installing XM rig crypto miner, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it doesn't seem like what you, yeah, I, I hear. Great cash, homie. Gotta get the, gotta get paid. Gotta get paid. You know what I mean? And also, like, I mean, this is a joke, right? This is a joke, but I, I almost wonder if, um, I almost wonder if it was like, you know, a low-level worker who's like, hey, hey, you know what we're doing this week? We need, we, we're gonna be executing that mission where you're gonna be popping the federal civilian executive branch, and they're like, okay, boss, and then like they pop it, and they're like, wow, the holidays are coming up, and you know, mama's, mama's been eyeing that, uh, that bracelet. I'll just throw an XM rig miner in here while I'm in here. No big deal. Uh, no, 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 no. I got the domain creds. I popped the DC and got the domain admin. We're good. We're good. And I'm crypto mining. Going to make up on those losses from my FTX dump. <laughs> I mean, who knows? People, people do weird stuff, man. Hundreds of Amazon RDS snapshots discovered leaking user data. Researchers have discovered hundreds of Amazon relational database service instances extensively leaking personally identifiable information. The company found several RDS snapshots that have been shared publicly anywhere from a few hours to possibly even weeks. RDS snapshots back up the entire database instance and can be shared across different AWS accounts, internal and external to the organization. This would allow one to leak sensitive data to the world, either intentionally or by mistake, even when using a highly secure network configuration. Yep. All right. So, hey, guess what? Uh, <laughs> guess what? Relational database system snapshots are the new S3 bucket, right? I mean, is there a button for that? Uh. Listen, guys. Okay. I'm not even going to hold. I'm not going to hold the engineers accountable here. Okay. I'm going to be fair. Here is what happened in case you miss it. Amazon offers many, many services in their AWS portfolio. It allows engineers and developers and, and business people to spin up infrastructure like, like VMs and databases and you know network connections and stuff like this, firewalls and stuff like that, without having to invest the capital into building those things. Okay, so Amazon provides you a bunch of tools. Like think of it as like think of it as like Legos, right? Um, except instead of like individual pieces of Legos, they, they they've got like Lego kits, right? So like oh here's a 
here's a boat, here's a car, here's a, you know, a helicopter or whatever, like Lego kits. And then you kind of build your own little city and it's your city, but you don't have to, you know, build the, the individual pieces of it. Okay. So I guess that's kind of a, a metaphor acronym. Okay. No, no, no. Don't worry, Alfredo. I'm not going to go full red eye on this one. Okay. I'm feeling really, really good today. I'm feeling really good. Okay. So here's the deal. When you have a database, best practices dictate that you should be making backups of the database, right? Because if the database gets corrupted, um, you know, ransomware gets hit in there and, and you, you lose all your data, you're screwed, right? Data is wicked important. It drives decisions. It does forecasting. It is your 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 product oftentimes right so your database is wicked important so best practice is to have multiple instances of your database and i'm not going to get into the different styles of differential and incremental and all that crap just know that you're supposed to have backups so amazon provides this snapshot capability to take backups thank you amazon we're good to go backup 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 right so hey boss Oh, hey, Jerry, like, what are we doing if we get hit with ransomware? Don't worry. I've got backups. Cool. Have we tested the backups? Like, that would be amazing if you've been testing the backups. But yes, we've been testing the backups. We can restore from backup. High five. Let's go to happy hour, okay? The problem here is that when you take the backups, there is a capability or a configuration option to have the backups be publicly accessible, which normally would never be the issue because normally your database would be in your IT infrastructure, your corporate data center, or you know your server closet or whatever, and it would be localized. Maybe you send it off to a cloud-based service, but it's like sending a database to like a, a glorified Dropbox or Google Drive, right? With this service, they have the backups, and this is classic classic problem where you do something, you confirm it works and everything, but because you're not thinking of unauthorized access, you say thumbs up, we're able to access it, we're able to restore from it, no big deal, let's move forward. But you don't check if everyone else can do it, right? This is, happens all the time where you right click, change permissions to everyone on a folder, and all of a sudden, Carl's problems are completely resolved. Hey, the executive can access the file share, no big deal, but the problem is everyone else can access it and you don't check for that condition. In this instance, Amazon allows those databases to be accessed and who knows how long they've been accessed. So, um, and why would you do that? Well, if you make a, a copy of the database for a template or you're doing a lab, there are reasons to have it publicly accessible. So you're not a complete, um, you're not a complete fool if you make it publicly accessible, but be mindful of it when it happens. Now, I want to say slight shame on Amazon, just like they fixed it with the S3 buckets. You need to make it very, very clear to the end user or the engineer that you are in fact going to be making this database publicly accessible because if you don't do that, and I mean, have them click through multiple check boxes to agree, 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 agree. Because if they don't do it, they will release this. And now you're talking about data breaches and major problems for your organization, all because of a misunderstanding and a misconfiguration. So, you know, Amazon needs to do the same thing that they did uh, with the S3 buckets and fix this uh, because it's not fair to organizations to have data breaches, man. Seriously. All right. All right. Let's go. Like the Zeus botnet leader arrested in Geneva. Swiss authorities have apprehended a Ukrainian national wanted by the FBI for 12 years for connections with a cyber gang called Jabber Zeus that stole millions of dollars from bank accounts using a Trojan called Zeus. Vyacheslav Agorovich Penchukov was first named in a 2012 indictment by the US DOJ alongside two others who have been arrested in the UK and pled guilty back in 2014. 
All participants in the gang were accused of committing computer fraud, identity theft, racketeering, and bank fraud. Okay, so, yeah, really quick um, on this. The Zeus banking Trojan has been around for a very long time. Um, it, You know, for what it's worth, it actually is a, um, it's a good case study if you want to look at, like, a, um, not robust banking Trojan, but like, like a, like a, a, a resilient sticky kind of banking Trojan that was continued to be updated. Um, you'll see a lot of times like, um, not forks of Zeus, but like, I feel like Zeus was one of the first banking Trojans. I, I, I might be stepping, uh, speaking out of school here, but it, it was really one of the ones that came on the scene. It, it's always persistent. It's like a thorn in everybody's side. You see it all the time. It gets deployed. Um, these guys made a lot of money off of it. It basically steals your banking credentials, okay? So it gets on your machine, you log into your bank, you log into your credit card, whatever, and now they've got they got it. And you can see they stole millions of dollars from victims' bank accounts, okay? It says allegedly, but they did it, okay? Um, now, it's two Ukrainians. So I, I do want to remind you, like, you know, like, Ukraine is getting crushed, or, or like, Russia's attacking Ukraine, and that's not cool, and we all feel for Ukraine, right? Like, definitely. But... Um, these people are Ukrainian citizens, so you can't just whole you can't wholesale say like everyone in Ukraine's good to go. Just like you can't say everyone in the U.S. or or Russia or Iran or Australia is good to go, right? So these two guys got popped in 2014, and then I guess the ringleader um, was uh, finally apprehended in Geneva. And you can see, like, dude, this goes back to 2012, a 2012 indictment. Um, so this has been going on 10 years. This guy's been on the lamb basically for 10 years. And um, thanks for the sub. And and they got him. I, I'm really glad. Guys, you know one reason why I don't commit crimes, right? I mean, there's multiple reasons. But one reason I don't commit crimes is because I don't want to look over my shoulder for the rest of my life. There's no amount of money that you can give me where I'm going to be like, you know, worried all the time. Like peace of mind is worth infinite amount of money right it's not straight cash homie it's not straight cash homie randy it you know peace of mind is something but uh, i'm glad that they caught this guy um obviously just like every other piece of kind of malware the source codes i mean the code is out there right so even though they caught this leader um that doesn't mean that zeus is gone it just means that the the group and the leaders around zeus um have been arrested but i could see you know, dude, I could imagine easily this guy being in jail and saying, hey, you know, fellow criminal, like, would you like me to like help you become the new Zeus botnet leader? And you give me 10% of whatever you take. And like when I get out of jail, finally, um, I'll be loaded, you know, could do that. Could do that. Yeah. That's the sound All right, let's let's go ahead and do the mid roll read. And now a word from our sponsor, App Omni. Can you name all the third-party apps connected to your major SaaS platforms like Salesforce and Microsoft? What about the data these apps can access? After all, one compromised third-party app could put your entire SaaS ecosystem at risk. With App Omni, you get visibility to all third-party apps, including which end users have enabled them and the level of data access they've been granted. Visit appomni.com, that's A-P-P-O-M-N-I.com, to request a free risk assessment. It's the mid-roll. You know what that means, everyone.
Time for our daily copyright strike. Guys, I want to thank you all so much for being here. We're only halfway through the news show. So stay tuned for the second half of the show. But we always do a little a little uh, tomfoolery at the mid-roll. I want to thank all of you for being here today. Thank all of you for, for sharing with uh, your community, our, our cybersecurity community of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. We have been growing in our population. I see chat all the time. Uh, doing amazing things, helping each other out. The emotes are coming. If we get one, I'm not saying you have to do this, but if we get one more member, uh, I unlock a new uh, ability to uh, share some more emotes. Once that happens, I've decided I'm going to be um, letting you all decide what emotes we do. So I ha I'll pick like five emotes and then we can do a poll. I'll either do it live on stream or I'll do it on the Simply Cyber Discord server. So join that over there. But you, the people, will decide what emotes we use next. Now, it's time for the Grayson joke of the week, okay? Grayson's joke of the week, y'all. Here we go. Grayson wants to know, why did, why did the computer buy a bed? Why did the computer buy a bed? It's a good question. Why did a computer buy a bed? Because it was in sleep mode. Because it was in sleep mode. Thank you very much, Grayson, for your continued excellence delivering on the Friday joke of the week. I'll let everyone know that you you delivered. Or I'll let him know that you guys got to hear it. Guys, I want to remind you really quickly. Uh, every single Monday morning, you can receive an email in your inbox written by me. I write it on Saturdays. It's a 90-second read. It has three actionable pieces of intel in it that you can operationalize instantly. What does that mean, Jerry? You're using big words. I don't, what are you, you talking Like, listen, I'll send you an email, and in it, I call out, here is exactly what you need to tell your end users. Here is exactly how you can tell your executives about a problem or a, a, like a need for budget or whatever. Think of it as like professional consult services, right? Professional consulting services. I do it as a service to you all as a community so you can kick more at work and deliver excellence for your businesses, okay? Or if you're looking to break in the industry, it's literally ammunition for you to just dump at an interview, right? They're gonna ask you the regular questions, you're gonna get those, and then you could just drop one of these knowledge bombs on them and just be like, Right, you can just you can just come in like a wrecking ball into an interview. All right, guys. So definitely go to simplycyber.io/newsletter and take advantage of that. All right. Again, thank you to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon Infosec, sponsors of the stream and absolute great companies. If you guys don't know about them, go to the links below and click on them and just check out their businesses. They're small businesses, information security run businesses they're not businesses they're not security businesses run by biz business people they're security businesses run by security people which is awesome Woo. all right guys here we go want to get to the la 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 all right let's get back into the news y'all let's finish strong House committees slam ID me for unemployment fraud claims. 
House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis and the Committee on Oversight and Reform alleges that biometric identification company, ID.me, made baseless claims of rampant COVID-19 unemployment fraud. The committee said the company's CEO claimed the U.S. lost $400 billion to fraudulent unemployment claims, quote, in an apparent attempt to increase demand for its identity verification services, end quote. IDME's biometric services, billed as a convenient and secure way to reduce pandemic-related unemployment fraud, may have actually made it more difficult for those in need of assistance to receive their aid. What? I didn't even understand this. So, hold on. The biometric system at one point used multiple federal agencies in 27 states to cut down on fraud and increase efficiency. If a user is flagged by IDME's system for some reason... They aren't blocked outright, but are instead redirected to a video chat verification system. Um, All right, so this seems okay. People seeking unemployment benefits reportedly had to wait an average of 10 hours. Ugh. All right, so here's the deal. I, I think I understand what's going on here. I think I understand what's going on here. So here's the interesting thing. Guys, when the unemployment checks came out, right? Like in the United States, guys, I don't know if you know this, right? So many of the United States people in here are going to know that, but like during the pandemic, like the United States was just like sending money out to all, (laughs) to like everybody, like, like here, here's money, here's money. Um, And the idea was that it was supposed to help you get by during COVID and during, you know, massive amounts of unemployment and all this stuff. And just like every other, you know, program, it was it, it they didn't have time to set it up correctly they were trying to get money into people's hands so they could buy food pay rent all these other things and there was just massive rampant fraud okay F- fraud to the tune of 400 billion dollars apparently which is a disgusting amount of money um guys think about that 400 billion dollars in fraud Great cash, homie. Yeah, I mean, I get why people are doing it, but God dang, that's bad. So this company, ID.me, their 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 business value, or the, the the idea here was that, like, oh, if there's anything suspicious, like you seem fraudulent for whatever your criteria is for fraud, you have to verify who you are by doing a FaceTime call, essentially, with someone. But guys, bureaucracy, um. You know, it's like going to the DMV and you're just like, oh, God, I'm in line and this sucks. Like this ID me thing, it wasn't like, oh, hey, just quickly verify yourself. Like, oh, yeah, it's Jerry. Let's go. No, they'd be like, here, verify yourself. And you have to wait 10 hours. Guys, I don't care if you're unemployed or not. Like, you, no one's got 10 hours to sit on a FaceTime call. Like, for many, many reasons, okay? So this this company... Uh, it should get backlash. I don't know if there was all sorts of, um, um, I don't know if there was all sorts of, uh, them like not delivering on their promises. I mean, this isn't really a security story. I think this is more of like a fraud and, you know, just kind of gross thing. I'm not going to spend any more time on that, but, um, this is, this is a perfect example of like good idea, trying to address a real problem and then just terrible execution on it. Netflix email impersonation attacks soar. Researchers have observed a 78% increase in email impersonation attacks involving Netflix since October. Attackers are using an arsenal of invisible characters and lookalike Unicode characters in an attempt to bypass natural language processing, or NLP, scanning. 
After bypassing email safeguards, the Netflix-branded emails coerce victims into clicking on a phishing payload by threatening to downgrade their Netflix accounts to having to watch ads alongside their Netflix content. The researchers urge users to use a password manager with strong passwords across all accounts to limit the damage of falling victim to such attacks. All right. Here we go. Here's another good one for uh, your end users, okay? So couple things here like first the, the the story itself is that threat actors get out of here i don't want help right now um the story here is that threat actors are sending netflix phishing emails okay so this this isn't you like like groundbreaking okay so that's not groundbreaking okay what is interesting is the following one part is for us as practitioners technicians the other is for our end users the carls of our life okay first off we have email security gateways. We have really good tools in place. You might even have like a professional platform like a Mimecast or Proofpoint, uh, you know, uh, um, email exchange online protection, which comes with the Office 365 instance, right? Google, Google's mail uh, does a lot of uh, security, okay? So like, you're probably not getting these, right? So from a technical perspective, the threat actors are like, hey, um, like, you know, threat actors are, are, you know, having business meetings and they're talking about their Q3 numbers. Hey, how's Q3 go? Oh, these emails aren't getting through very well. Oh, we're going to have to reevaluate our position. Okay. So how do they technically get through? Well, they need to fool the, 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 the filters on these advanced platforms. Well, how do they do it? Well, the platforms are using AI and machine learning and next gen things, NLP, right? So basically... The, the filters are looking for a certain language, right? Hey, do it now. Um, you know, um, you know, sus looking things, known indicators of compromise. So like domain names that have been flagged as malicious and stuff like that, okay? So all the low hanging fruit gets taken care of. Well, in order to bypass this, because humans aren't looking at it, they are using Unicode, uh, which we talked about yesterday, right? With the, the Puni code where like you have the Cyrillic A with the dot beneath it or like the E with the two dots above it if you're like German, I think. A Doris, is that right? I think if Doris is in here, she can say, but the E with the dots, right? So anyways, my point is by doing that, instead of saying like Netflix membership or whatever, and it's coming from like, um, you know, uh, like fake website dot, you know, CA or CN or whatever, it's Netflix, but the E has got the two dots. So the net, the natural language processing thing doesn't see it as Netflix, right? So it's like, oh, this must be some new service provider or new product or something like that. It's not Netflix, okay? So that's how it's getting through. Also, I want to mention that Jess Bishop did a really great blog post write-up, which um, she's agreed to put on simplycybers.io's blog so you can find it. But you, if you also like sift through her LinkedIn post, you'll find it. I've been getting this Dick Swarting Goods free Yeti cooler email like every single day. And it's so clearly a fish. I keep reporting it, but it keeps showing up. And she talked about how threat actors are using uh, Bayesian, uh, some, something to do with Bayesian math in order to bypass the filters. I, I haven't had a chance to read through the full blog post yet. Um, so that's another technical mechanism for their, to get through. Okay, so from a technical perspective, they have gotten through our firewall. Now, how do they trick end users into clicking it? Well... Here's something called timely and relevant. Netflix, people have, like my Netflix subscription keeps going up. It's gross. It's like 22 bucks a month now. 
And I don't like it, but I ask my kids, hey, do you guys still watch Netflix? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So like, I got to keep Netflix, okay? So they're offering, hey, why don't we do ads, which we promised we'd never do, but, you know, like cash, well, straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. So Netflix is all about that, uh, that cheddar. So they want to do ads. And hey, they're going to pass some of the savings on to you, which by the way, I'm, I'm sure they're going to make more money than your $22 a month if they show ads, but that's a side point. So people know about this, right? It's been in the news. People know it. People are expecting communication about it. This email is fraudulent, gets sent to you. You can look at it on the screen. It looks legit. And there's a button, update payment account. There's no URL, so an end user can't see that it's gross. It seems believable. They touch it, and now they get sent to some fraudulent website. At this point, you would need a firewall that's, you know, like using PA wildfire, so or Palo Alto wildfire, excuse me. So it gets updated uh, in real time with a known malicious sites. But guess what? Most people are checking this from their phone. Their phone is on like the Verizon network, AT&T network, or they're at home. They're at Starbucks. They're not behind a corporate firewall. Most people are not putting their phone on the corporate VPN and then routing out through the corporate firewall. They're just not doing that. So you don't get the protections of a firewall. You don't get the protections of uh, of commercial grade security. And you get taken right to the Netflix platform. And there you go. Now they can, I mean, I guess they could steal your um, Netflix account. But I think that that's kind of a, um, a waste of this level of sophistication. So I, I'm kind of curious if uh, it, the idea is that they install malware on your device. Yeah, you can see right here they're using the Unicode um, to make this XN dash probably is like the A with the, uh, yeah, Apple.com. You can see. So it'll look legit. I'm curious what the what the impact is, right? Stealing your Netflix credentials isn't enough. To do something like this, they have to want to steal um, your, like, install malware on you or something like that. Um, like, like, it's just, this isn't, this level of, of infrastructure buildup and investment by the threat actors is not to get your Netflix creds. I'm kind of reading through this credential, uh, this email right now. Um to see what's up. What was the impact? Thanks, Doris. I appreciate it. I, I don't know what the impact was, but I have to think it's to install malware um, or maybe to get your credit cards or something like that. A anyways, I, I'm not going to uh, subject you guys to watching me read this blog post, but just, just know like, the hard part is getting through to your inbox and then getting you to click on something, right? Once they get you to do that, then they can navigate you wherever they want because they've socially engineered you successfully. Um, okay, here, here, I'm sorry, I did make you subject it. After clicking the phishing link, the recipient's taken to a phishing webpage, obviously, where they're asking in their details where the attackers harvest and sell it in mass on the dark web. Okay, so I guess, I guess there's a market for Netflix creds on the dark web. Okay, so... If it were me, if it were me, guys, I, I would install malware on your phone, right? Or, or, or do something other than this. I mean, whatever, whatever. I guess even even Netflix creds are worth a couple bucks, right? Great cash, homie. TikTok begins testing of its platform research API. Earlier this month, TikTok announced plans to develop a research API to improve access to public and anonymized data about content and activity on its app. The company says it's now ready to make a beta version of its API available for testing by members of its content and safety advisory councils. In addition to the platform research API, TikTok is also developing a content moderation API. 
TikTok's update comes amid renewed calls from FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr to ban the app. Yeah, right. All right, a couple of things here. Um, so I'm going to go off on TikTok for a hot minute, okay? Okay, a couple things. One, TikTok apparently doesn't pay its creators anything. I saw um, Basecase sent me an article or a, a, a video from Linus Tech Tips, and they were talking about how TikTok creators don't make anything. Uh, so, like, so in TikTok doesn't pay any respect to uh, copyright. So, you, you know, all these songs you can play and stuff like that. So, TikTok is getting all this, all this stuff with very little um, expense to them. Second of all, um, we talked about layoffs yesterday. Like, Amazon laid off ten thousand people. Facebook laid off like all of its meta engineers uh, or v, you know VR engineers and stuff like that. People are laying off people in tech, right? Um, it's happening closer to home than you might think. And TikTok, I read this morning, is scooping up people. Like TikTok is scooping up people and hiring. TikTok has said in an article I read this morning that they will double their staff in the next couple months. Like that's how much growth TikTok is into. Now, that's that's about TikTok. Regarding this story and research API, the cynical person in me the cynical person in me thinks, well, TikTok's actually pretty good at, you know, harvesting data and 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 dude, I'll tell you what, they are good at picking content and sticking it right in front of your face that will be good uh, or will entertain you or keep you on the platform. This research API, I would not be stunned, and this is the cynical part of me, where they're doing this so they can have more smart people voluntarily start coming up with creative ways to analyze the data that TikTok is actually collecting and then stealing that those research ideas right that that's what i think again very very cynical but you know what what better way to get a an entire smart workforce for absolutely free uh by saying oh hey you guys can do your own research now granted like i let's say i do something really cool with the re with the data sets and i come up with some research i can use that and operationalize that but TikTok can too and i think TikTok. um will do that, which is part of the reason why I think that they're opening this up. You know, anytime someone does something or business does something that doesn't seem like it makes any sense, like what's the value of this for TikTok? It's for people to be entertained and do create and like content creation. It's and then they collect the data and sell it, right? So what is the value prop for them to open an API for research? And then that's where my cynical brain goes. I gotta find gotta find where it's at. Great cash, homie. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to Justin Loken. Uh, he brought up a really good point with this this previous story here about um, stealing Netflix creds. And I was like, that seems kind of weird. Yeah, they'll sell the Netflix creds on the dark web and make a couple bucks. But Justin brought up a good point. You now have a username password list of uh, lots of people uh, that you can now use to try to attempt to log in um, through in into other accounts like you know bank accounts credit cards email etc because people in 2022 especially carl <laughs> reuse passwords across platforms it's a terrible behavior it's a terrible practice but um until people stop doing it it's a risk that we have to be worried about security budget cuts and recession spark worries among it admins according to the q4 2022 it trends for small and medium-sized enterprises from jump cloud 44% of those surveyed agreed their organization will cut spending on cybersecurity in the next year. 
The report also indicates that 75% of respondents said cuts to their organization's security budget would increase organizational risk. Additionally, 58% said they were more concerned about their organization's security posture than they were six months ago. Factors behind the cuts to cybersecurity funding include inflation, labor shortages, recession talks, market volatility, and global conflicts. And that does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. But remember to join us today. All right, guys. So check it out. Um, This is yet another report of shrinking budgets, shrinking budgets and, uh, you know, the recession in the United States causing layoffs and reduced budget for actually executing on objectives, um, security objectives, right? Especially in the small and medium enterprise um, vertical or the small and medium enterprise sector, okay? So large businesses, they have, you know, deep pockets and they can kind of um, sustain or weather the storm. They're still laying off people as we have covered. Uh, But this is kind of the gross part. Uh, The research mentioned 75% of respondents said cuts to their organization would increase risk. Here's the funny, like, what do the other 25% think? Like, oh, no, 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 we're good. We're good. Like, I don't, I'd be curious what those other 25% were thinking. Um, So yes, obviously cuts to security would introduce additional risk. And 58% said that they were concerned about org security more than six months ago. So more than half of the people are like, yeah, security is a priority and it's becoming more of a priority, Uh, but we're going to go ahead and cut. And you know what? Unfortunately, here's the reality of business, guys. I've said it. I've said it before. Okay. And I'll say it a million times over. Um, You know, a business is in it for revenue. Okay. And if they don't have the revenue or, you know, the, the forecast is not looking good. You labor is the number one thing and uh, labor is the number one thing for liabilities. And then anything, anything that is a cost center, cost center, meaning it's a business function that does not generate revenue, right? Product generates revenue. Sales obviously generates revenue, but you know, InfoSec, you know, you can you can lay people off, right? Or stop investing in security and nothing bad happens today. Maybe nothing happens tomorrow, but it's like driving on the highway without a seatbelt on. Yeah, you can do it. You absolutely can drive. Your car will work. You can speed, you can slow down, you can switch lanes without a seatbelt on. But there's a possibility at some point that you're gonna get in an accident. And if you don't have the seatbelt, you're going to be very unhappy with the outcome. And this is the equivalent of InfoSec at a business and investing in it versus not investing in it, right? You're driving on the highway, right? You're in Michigan. What's up, Michigan? And there's black ice, right? You know that it rained and that the roads have ice. Well, now you have an increased likelihood of a bad situation happening, right? So you'd be more prone. You're very you're very overtly aware of an increased risk and maybe you spend the money. But if you're, you know, like you're in the Gulf Coast, Texas, hey, what's up, you know, Longhorns? And you're like, oh, well, there's really no risk. There's no problem, right? Well, yeah, but you can't predict that a hurricane isn't going to just come out of left field and, and sling through there and knock your car into the Jersey barrier, right? So this is, um, unfortunately... If if they don't have the money, guys, if they don't have the money, they don't have the money. And this is like, unfortunately, the reality of business. You have to make the cuts, right? 
So look for this. I've been telling my students over at the Citadel this for weeks. I'll, I'll tell you all this, guys. It's going to get worse. Period. It's going to get worse. The next six months, and I'm sorry to be such a, a rain cloud on a Friday. Uh, it's going to get worse. The next six months are going to be gross um, until we can kind of pull up from this thing. Um, especially just because the holiday season, like like now through like January is typically a crap time uh, like for businesses. Many businesses don't typically hire at this point. A lot of sales aren't happening at this point. People are focused on the holidays and, and individual stuff, you know, year-end reviews and crap like that. Uh, so anyways, just be mindful. Continue uh, building yourself up. Whether you're employed gainfully right now or you're trying to switch or you're looking or whatever, stay the course. Continue to invest in you and making yourself, you know, the C you're the CEO of you. You are in the business of you. So make sure you're making yourself as valuable as you can be. All right, guys, I did go over for a few minutes today. Apologies to NCC Group and Base Case. Uh, I always apologize to them because I feel like they're the, the group I want to hit 45 minutes for. But guess what? It's Friday. We're all about good times. I'm going to play some music. All right. Guys, just a quick reminder. If you did not catch the stream last night, I'm going to drop a link in chat. Um... Oh, by the way, if you got value out of today's episode, just take a hot minute and hit the thumbs up button if you're on LinkedIn. I mean, excuse me, if you're on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. Um, I would appreciate it. It goes a long way. Um, if you were here just for the news, we'll see you later. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're here for the Good Times Express, uh, I'm going to stay on just for a few minutes here and have a little conversation with people. Um, if you got a boogie out for work, uh, totally understand. We'll see you on Monday at 8 a.m. All next week is 8 a.m. shows, except Thursday, which is Thanksgiving in the United States. There will be no show on Thursday. And Friday, guys, Friday is going to be wild card Friday because there's no, I don't think there's actually a podcast on Friday next week. So I'll be running uh, my business continuity podcast plan, which is me reading stories in my best, uh, you know, voice. For, for reading the stories and doing it. Plus, I'll be remote. I'll be at my uh, aunt and uncle's house doing it uh, on my stripped-down version of my studio. So next Friday is going to be um, a, a minor uh, Simply Cyber dumpster fire. So, you know, holler at you. All right. So I'm going to talk to chat real quick. What's up? Uh, B-Sex eating something? <laughs> Not sure what that's about, but we're going to do it anyways. Can I auto-tune my voice when you're reading the summary? You know what, Alana? Since I do have the TikTok uh, um, or Snap Cam eyes, uh, maybe hold on. Actually, you know what I do have for Friday? I actually put this in place for Friday. Yeah, this is what you do when it's Friday at the end of work. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rock this for a minute. But uh, I'll see about doing auto tuning, um, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, David B, thanks so much. Oh yeah, hey, all aboard, David. Get on the Good Times Express. Joel Bellin's a turkey kid. Oh, I see. Happy birthday, Joel, coming up. Oh, yeah, next Friday is a YOLO. It will be. Guys, oh, hey, you know what? So let me let me do this really quick. Um, I w oh, Doris. Oh, yeah, black ice is a real thing. It's bad. It's real bad. Black ice is scary. I've, I've slid out on black ice multiple times. I've been in multiple car accidents with black ice, too. Yeah, Jim Lunn, we'll have to get a jaw jack emoji. But, guys, uh, take care, Brent Gray. Thanks for joining. So, guys, um... 
I wanted to, um, I, I, I'm very serious about adding a new show to the Simply Cyber lineup. For those who are, are still here, I assume that you're interested in Simply Cyber as a platform. I want to introduce a once, I think maybe once a month, kind of like Simply Cyber office hours, a one hour show where I'm thinking, this is my initial pitch, okay? Like the first 20 minutes is me just kind of like flipping out about whatever I want. Then 20 minutes of uh, people from the, like, you know, like BSEC comes on or Base Case comes on or Tom Bishop comes on or multiple, haircut, like whoever, like multiple people, like, you know, we'll keep it to like three or four of Simply Cyber community members come on and we talk about things, whatever. And then the last 20 minutes of the show is like LinkedIn profile roasting or resume roasting or something like that roasting. And it would be like Friday after, I'm thinking Friday afternoon, kind of end of the day, going into the weekend. So super chill. Um, there would be beers. There would be beers there. So, I mean, if you don't drink, that's totally cool. No problem. But there would be, there would be beers. So it would be like a chill, happy hour, relax. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, we could do calling in, Omar. I, I haven't fully fleshed out all the details. This is something that I wanted to like at least have a opening idea for you guys and then kind of socialize it with the community. It would definitely, yeah, like water cooler talk exactly. exactly. There would be drinks. There'd be no question. Uh, yeah, Josh would be, yeah, we'll roast people's resumes for days. Um, love the idea, Emilio says. When I was a TA, the best conversations were in office hours. Exactly. Simply Cyber Happy Hour. Yeah. Yeah, Simply Cyber Happy Hour, we could call it that. I, I do want to make it clear that it's office hours. Maybe I'll just do that in the intro. Like, hey, guys, uh, we're doing we're doing office hours uh, for the next hour. Randall says it sounds fun. Alana's totally in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, the idea is that... Like, so here's the thing, guys. Um, I really... I try to keep Simply Cyber, the news briefings, all these things. I do try to keep it professional. I do try to deliver on you know what i'm promising you is going to be the, the the show platform and everything but i you know some of the shows we do that are like the tattoo show that we did a couple of months back the one with zach yesterday like there is a very cool vibe and and like sometimes it's cool to just like not be so formal not be so professional um i'm not saying like take my shirt off and like you know grease myself up with baby oil or something like that but but like there, there is, there's a, there's a water cooler talk thing, right? And I think the show would be cool, and I think it could be helpful, right? Having real talk with real cybersecurity professionals in a chill setting, um, there's a place for it, and I think we could do it. Okay, so uh, it's something I'm working on. I, I, I want to launch it. I was thinking in December, but with the holidays, things are kind of crazy. So maybe starting in January, um, we're going streaking. Actually, yeah, that would be a good sounder. Uh, we're going streaking. Exactly, Joel Belton. This ain't OnlyFans. We're not doing an OnlyFans page up in here, but I think it would be cool. Uh, Gary Sturgiatis says it would be nicer to be after work hours so I could participate more. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? Like, so would a five to six, would a five to six show work? Would people prefer that? I guess what I'll do is I'll I'll run some polls in chat, uh, or I'll run some polls on the Discord server and kind of flesh it out. So just stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do something like this that makes sense both for the community and for myself. I, with all due respect, I am a very, very busy individual. So I, I don't want to commit to something like this and not be able to deliver on it. Right. 
Uh, so it needs to be thoughtful and deliberate in what I'm doing. Yeah, BSEC can be the official DJ of the show if he wants to. Uh, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, Simply Cyber After Hours. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, stay tuned for that. It's something I'm trying to uh, mil uh, work through. In fact, what I'll, I might do, honestly, guys, is do like a Renegade stream. Like where I don't officially announce it. And we just do it as like a pilot episode um, sometime in December. And kind of get get a feel for like, okay, does this make sense? Where should we move or pivot or whatever? Or do more of, do less of, and then launch it in January, okay? This is, there's a lot of great um, suggestions here. Simply Cyber Overtime, Simply Cyber After Dark, Simply Cyber Dark Mode. Um, these are all great options. Feel it out. That sounds better. Yeah, exactly. So we'll do we'll do a Friday. We'll do one in December. I'll I'll talk to the Simply Cyber mods um, and kind of get uh, an idea. But I'm definitely gonna go get going streaking. Uh, I, see, the thing is, I'll get the going streaking sound effect, but I don't know when I would use it in the stream. Like it doesn't typically, that doesn't show up very often. Uh, so we'll have to figure that out. All right. All right. So Simply Cyber Dark Mode. Hey, I'll tell you what, guys. We'll come up with like three or four different options for the name. And uh, and we'll let the community vote on it as well. I do want to give an update also on the job to cyber series of videos I'm doing. Gary Sturgiatis is in chat. Thank you so much for his hospitality to cyber mode. Guys, I have, rec I have scheduled recordings for... Retail, so Carrie, I know Carrie was interested in that one. Retail to retail to cyber, and I have one of paramedic Jeremy Williams. I got that scored up. So germ, uh, so paramedic to cyber, um, and and I and I re-released. Uh, I have law enforcement to cyber already actually done and published on the channel. So um, I've got stay-at-home parent to cyber scheduled, uh, recording scheduled. So uh, I'm, I'm all in on doing this series of videos. A lot of really great people in the Simply Cyber community have really great stories. And I won't be able to capture all of them, but I'm hoping to build up a library of, of enough so more people don't feel intimidated, more people don't feel that they can't do it. And we can show them not only that they can do it, but how to do it. Okay, so I'm super pumped about that. Network engineer to cyber BSEC, you're great. Um, if you're drinking alcohol on stream, it's gonna get demonetized, which means YOLO the sounders and YOLO the music. Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, Casually Joseph, and for the whole Simply Cyber community, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, I only monetize my produced videos and then sometimes my Thursday live streams. So like last night with Zach, I'll monetize, but my daily briefings, um, I don't monetize. And um, the, the Simply Cyber office hours, I probably won't monetize either. Um, it's a, it's a decision. It's a personal decision. All right, guys, take care. Be good. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for more information or connect with me on discord, uh, to discuss some of these logistics. Okay. Everybody be good. Yeah. We'll do mechanic to cyber for sure. Whoa. Archaeology to cyber. Wow. Bill green. Okay. We might do that. Oh, also I have rabbi to cyber <laughs> rabbi to pen tester or rabbi to cyber. So stay tuned for that. If you're in the clergy or if you're a religious leader, we got you covered. All right, guys. Want to wish you all the best. Be good. We'll see you Monday at 8 a.m. Take care, everybody. Thank you.